Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Alumni Edition, a podcast featuring alumni from the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzz, and I'm the dean of the college. I'm also the host of the podcast, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Larissa Doherty, who graduated with not just one, but two degrees from Austin P. in the history area, both in 2014 and then a master's in 2016. Larissa, so glad to have you on the show. I appreciate your time. And I tell you, you know, um, I when I started here very early on, you have a, you have several fans around here, none bigger than Manoa Uffelman, who said, you need to talk with Larissa. She's doing some outstanding things. And she just uh, was going on and on about you. She's so very proud of you. And we all are. We're glad to have you on the show. I'm uh, so happy to talk about my roots, where I came from. Great. So let's talk about where you are and, and what's going on, because uh, for those that uh, are watching the video, you've got a couple flags behind you, which probably gives some indication of what's going on. Uh, yes, uh, this is actually part of my part of my job on the USS Carl Vinson. We take all of the official photos and so this is actually our prop set in i'm so sorry <laughs> um one of one of our jobs is to take the official photos um so we have our our photo studio set up for all official photos for officers enlisted and everybody everybody about six thousand sailors on this boat Holy cow. And so what's your role on the on the on the uh, Vincent? So I have in the Navy, our jobs are called our rates and mm -hmm. my rate is called mass communication specialist. I and my small, small team, we do every graphic that is made to be printed. We have a full print shop. We have a full graphics uh, suite. We make videos, uh, educational spots. We make fun spots. We produce an entire show every week. We produce a newsletter that comes out every week also with the interviews, the production, the photos, creating it, printing it, dispersing it throughout the ship. Uh, we take any official photos during uh, celebrations, ceremonies, or anything like that. We have an entire dedicated section to do social media. We also, um, I just like completely brained on everything else that we do. <laughs> um, everything, everything that is printed on this boat comes through our shop. Um, we do tours. We do um, bingo nights. We do the TV station that runs through our ship. We do Anything that's fun, basically, on the boat. That's That sounds like a great job to have. And we're going to talk more about that in, as we go through the podcast. But I want to kind of go backwards. I want to talk about some of the people and the things that have influenced you and made you into who you are. Um, and I, I found it very uh, interesting that, much like myself, you are a Michiganer. So um, I am also from, I'm born and in, in, lived in Michigan for uh, my early part of my life. And uh, it's good to talk to somebody from that part of the country. So what was it like growing up for you? 
I grew up in a very, very small, very small town. Um, had a farm, ran that with my mom during the school years. And then in the summer, my father and my entire family lives uh, in Staten Island. So I got a very interesting mix of farm life and city life. Yeah. Growing up. Wow. So how do you think that the those different things may have influenced and made you who you are? Because you have this, I mean, you have 6,000 people around you at, <laughs> at Diddy Boyne. You know, so you must not be afraid of crowds, but um, also, you know, you must appreciate um, being out and and uh, working in, in the, with uh, nature. I do. It's really hard when you're stuck on a steel boat in the middle of the ocean to be around anything outside. Many of the people who have jobs that run the ship itself don't see the light of day my last deployment i realized i'd gone over 10 days without seeing the sun at all wow. not, not anything outside um so it's a it's a weird dichotomy of uh which i think is what my childhood helped bring to that my childhood was so different that i can be comfortable in many different situations hmm. So when you were uh, going to school, what kind of things did you like to do? Did you like to do physical stuff? Did you like sports? Did you like music? What kind of things did, were you interested in? Well, I was a terrible student. Terrible. Ter <laughs> I barely graduated. I think they just really wanted me to leave school. So, um, and I did cheerleading and gymnastics because they took up many, many hours of my day and I could just, I had cheerleading five days a week for three hours and then gymnastics two days a week for two and a half hours and uh, games and competitions. And so, yeah, I guess a lot of it was the physical. I liked doing the physicalness of it, um, but I loved reading all the time. Mm. I wasn't great at schoolwork. I loved books. You couldn't get me away from books. So interesting and because you know as you mature and in when you go into the field of history i mean that's that's really uh necessary for what you end up studying which is an interesting decision um so uh what happened after high school because you you mentioned to me that you had a number of different jobs were you just trying to find your way basically i didn't i tried doing college for a little bit and i just petered out I didn't have a passion. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. Um, just kind of floated around for a really long time. I was definitely the definition of a non-traditional student. And, you know, I, I hope that our, our students that are watching this and, and listening understand that that's okay. I mean, not everybody has to start out in college at 18 years old. That um, sometimes it's better to have some of that maturity because that helps you uh, in your focus as you as you uh, later go into uh, continue your studies. And something that I kind of alluded to when I was uh, writing to you earlier is that even then I thought I was mature. I was almost I was almost thirty. So I thought I had a life under my belt and then it was the school that 
the education that opened up so many more mental doors that I didn't even know were out there. And it was wonderful. And now uh, I'm obsessed with school. I can't stop going. I, I literally just applied for my third master's. <laughs> that is awesome. And you know, that it never has to stop. That's the thing. No, You, you can be 70 yeah. years old and you can still learn. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what's awesome about this. So how did how did Austin P get lucky enough to have Larissa be one of our history students? Probably the weirdest thing. Uh, I was driving down the highway, um, coming from Dover back into Clarksville. And there was a big billboard that said, get a master's degree in military history. And I said, OK, that was it. And then I applied. I went full bore, um, got my bachelor's degree in three years, just went every semester, oh, summer yeah. one, summer two, fall, winter. I was on a mission. I was going to go and get my master's degree from Austin P. Wow. You were just consuming that education left and right. Just I couldn't stop once I <laughs> once I got in there. It was just too great. It was too wonderful. And you and you knew that whole time you were going to continue on to get your master's degree. Yeah, it's the whole reason I went was for masters. The bachelor's was important. Obviously, it's a stepping stone that you needed to have, but it wasn't the one that I was purely focused on. Okay, so what what kind of uh, classes did you enjoy taking as an undergrad before you got to the grad classes that sort of gave you the indication that yeah, you were on the right path. Surprisingly, it was my introduction to the sociology department. I had no idea anything about sociology. I had a peaked interest in psychology. And that's why I went for the double, the double. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. Double major. Double you major. Had the double. Yes. Um, I, I ended up finding out how important sociology is to history and then through the other classes through art history and through biology and everything that they make you take that at first you don't want to because you think it has nothing to do with your life everything is so intrinsically linked hmm. and it just helps as a platform for anything you want to do and you were involved in some of the student groups like you you mentioned uh, the five alpha theta yeah, and um, the um, and I'm so sorry because it was so long ago, but I was also part of the sociology club. So, um, so they, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> how did those things help you? Because those are certainly outside of the classroom. But why why was that important to your development? It there those are the. Uh, mm, it's not just the education. Everything you do is still a network situation because if you use a network, then you have not just only your knowledge and your base of resources, then you have everybody else's knowledge and base of resources. And it is just another way to learn, just not classroom learning. It's life learning. It's learning how to present yourself in certain situations. That's uh, when we did a candle lighting ceremony in the sociology club, it was a more um, learning how to do um, 
I don't know how to how to say it. It was like a, 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 a formal, like a formal situation where you learn how to do like a formal ceremony and a formal awards. Um, but there's also the all the fun things that we did in the history club was the just to relax, but also like I said, it's it's learning from other people how things are linked together again. Just, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that, so that social part it is an important part of, of, of your overall personal growth. And um, as you were mentioning that, it made me think of, um, you know, I'm sure there are some professors that uh, along the way helped encourage you and influence you. What, what, are, what were some of your favorite professors or who were? I honestly want to say every single professor in the history department first off because they have seen me cry they have seen me mad and they support and because my main focus was always the history department and so they were the ones that were my first go-to um dr uffelman i never i never took a class of hers just because like our, our historical interests never aligned, but right. everything I did outside of it was always with her and it was always with her support and with her guidance. And then in the classroom itself, I, my, um, I worked under Dr. Thompson for yeah. the majority uh, of my GA position. And he is just, I, I don't think I've ever had a mentor before. And then I saw everything that he has accomplished, especially because we were we were very close in age. So it was also someone that I could look up to that I possibly could get to that. I don't think I'll ever be able to publish as many books as he has ever. ever. I don't. <laughs> it's insane. Um, and it's it's literally everyone. I um um. Now my brain is just like again. I'm so. Sorry. That's <laughs> um, right. Um, uh, introducing, um, oh my gosh, I can picture him. I'm forgetting names. I'm so bad. I'm the worst student ever. No, you're not. Those, those, and that's, that's putting you on the spot for that. But let's, let's talk about, because you were also a grad assistant. So when when you went on to graduate school, you, so you got a little opportunity to take, and and you mentioned that that gave you an an opportunity to sort of exhibit some leadership as well. That was my first time taking that kind of leap. And it was something that I didn't think I was able to do, but you had to do it because that's how you kept your GA position. And I found out it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I, I loved helping spread how much I care about history to other people. Mm. So it uh, leads into this, this this question I have for you, Larissa, which is I usually wait to the end because you're in a current job, but do you think that teaching will ever be in your future? It kind of is in a way. Um, I wouldn't ever say no to teaching. I did kind of look into it. I really, I enjoyed it far more than I ever thought I would. Um, 
but I don't. I think I think it's too stationary. <laughs> <laughs> so as much as if I could get into a school that travels, I would. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be fantastic. That would be wonderful. Like those uh, study abroad on a on a cruise ship kind of things. Love it. <laughs> Is that, so how did you get into the Navy? Is that where where did that happen along the way? It wasn't very kind of like driving by the sign. Uh, a recruiter came into the store that I was working at looking for somebody else. And he just literally over his shoulder said, do you ever think about joining the Navy? No, I'm in my mid thirties. I just got um, back from Europe and I was starting to do freelance accessioning work at museums. So I was picking up contracts and I was doing what I thought was going to be my job forever. And and then and COVID, COVID hit and everything just absolutely shut down. And I had no idea how or when I would ever get anywhere else. Wow. So you are, uh, it sounds like, and I feel like the very similar way in that uh, I'm sort of like a leaf on a pond that gets blown in certain directions. And I'm like, okay, I'll just go this way then. Um, it's very, sounds very similar path with you that you're, that you have this ability to adapt um, very well. I mean, you gotta, what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but so when you came into the Navy, I mean, as you said, you're, you're, uh, you're in your 30s. So, you know, a lot of young people uh, that you're working with and there, you had to go through the whole uh, basic training and all that stuff too. Yeah, that was uh. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into this, this role that you have now, this communication specialist? Because again, it's, it's a lot of doing a lot of different activities. I was just very, very fortunate. I had a very good recruiter who was looking out for me. i very honest about my background, what I was capable of doing, and uh, you know, very good ASVAB score kind of opens up a lot more doors. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So he he was the one who actually found it. I didn't know this was a job. I was kind of lost. And if it wasn't for the recruiter, I don't know where. I'd probably be up working on the flight deck, which would not be fun. That would not That would not work for me. I have not do that very well. I think I've seen some pictures. You've been, have been on the flight deck before, right? Yeah, I work on the flight deck in my own time and my own <laughs> my own jobs. I'm not stuck up there during twelve hour flight ops in the sun. It's. Yeah. Did you say you're almost bl- uh, blown off by one of the jets? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got to pay attention. Uh, it's very busy. It's one of the most dangerous places on the planet is the flight deck during flight ops. Mm. Uh, we have about 38 aircraft, fixed wing aircraft, that's not including helos and propellers, that are taking off in a three-section three circular uh, timeline. So they're taking off circling coming back and then there's three sections of them and i'm just trying to take my pictures and you're supposed to have a spotter that that since i'm staring through a viewfinder yeah uh, you're supposed to have somebody making sure that oh a jet doesn't turn and blast you (laughs) which is what happened i i was kind of crouched over and i was trying to take a picture and all of a sudden i felt somebody grab the back of my 
the back of me, and I look up, and this kid is probably um, seven feet tall. He's freaking massive. And I look up at him. He says, you got to watch what you're doing. And then all of a sudden, bam, it blasted. It blasted me right into him. If he wasn't standing still, I would oh have blasted across. I said, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Okay. So the, the, so the, I'm sure being out, out uh that that's quite the adventure and that's part of what you were talking about that this it did at least this part of your life this is what you want this is i never thought again never thought this would be something i could do um it was very hard physically sometimes it gets frustrating because i do have that education drive sometimes it it peters out um but this is the most fascinating, amazing experience you just can't put into words. The statistics of it are 1% of the U.S. population volunteers for the armed services in general. About a fifth of that volunteers for the Navy itself. And then even less than that get to go on a carrier. I am part of the smallest percentage of the population that has been able to just wander through the carrier and go out on the flight deck whenever I want. Even, like I said, half the kids on this boat, they can't go on the flight deck. They're not allowed out there. My job, I get to go. I can literally go anywhere on this boat. <laughs> anywhere I want to go, I can go. And it's it's so insanely fascinating. Hmm. So let's talk a little bit about more. Would you, because I'm, I, I love that you get to create, that you get to be the person that is helping to design graphics or pictures or videos or deciding content that goes out for people. So it must be at least that part of you, you feel like I'm, I'm a creator. You have to all the time. We, we have to crank stuff out every single week. Um, It sometimes gets very tiring because we kind of run out of ideas. Sure. Uh, We're about to go out for a five-month deployment, which is a short deployment comparatively. But in that time, we're going to have to produce 20 shows, and each show has to have at least five spots that have to be videoed and edited and created, and script has to be written, and it has to all be pertinent and tell our message. And we also have to put out 20 newspapers it's actually like a full newspaper it's a 16 page layout with graphics and interviews and photos it's a it's a lot that you can tangibly come away with that's that's amazing so i'm sure that um there are some tools that you you that you found here at austin p that are helping you in your current position, whether it's the writing, the the analysis, the critical analysis, the critical thinking ability uh, in your everyday job. Absolutely. There's, I not, I don't, <clears throat> pardon me. I'm sure those abilities were in me, but I wouldn't have known about them without, without going Austin P. And I can say that as someone who's gone to multiple schools, um, like I said, I started out at Lansing Community College, not anything against there, but mm-hmm. nothing I did sparked me in any way, shape, or form. Um, 
as obviated by the fact that I took 10 years off before trying college again. Um, it, it's just, I am forever a proponent of the school. Um, the, every faculty that I have had contact with has been top of their field, at least in my eyes. They have been always immensely supportive, immensely caring. I never stop spouting how much I love Austin P. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And, you know, I found from talking with people like yourself that um, the the mentorship or the relationships that they started, they don't end after graduation. Not at all. Um, the, another one of the professors, I went to my second grad school in Germany and um Dr. Thompson and Dr. Zirin both took time out of their personal vacations to come and visit while I was in Germany. Just fantastic. That, that says a lot about you too. There, there's just, it, I, I can't. The, and the friends, the friends and the mentors and the education just is all absolutely intrinsic in who I have become so far. So you, as you said, you, you just continue to go to school. You're, you're still getting master's degrees and, and yeah. um, I, I just, uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm fascinated as other people are by you, Larissa, that you are at, at this time in your life, you just taken on new challenges. Um, any idea what is ahead for you? What are your goals? Uh, I actually am just putting together a packet, hopefully, hopefully going to become an officer. Um, I've started, started back at the bottom again. Um, you know, I'm lower enlisted because it's a very, it's a very difficult life. I wanted to make sure it was a life I, I could handle. Um, mm -hmm. But at some point I, I want to get into back to heritage in some manner. Um, I really enjoyed learning how battlefield tourism works. I love doing battlefield tourism because you get a group of people every day that want to learn what you're passionate about almost every single day. So that's why they made me uh, another part of my job. So we have like our base jobs that everybody does. And then you get specific jobs in your shop. And mine is the enlisted tour liaison. So I give tours of the boat um, for people who are on shore and do walk-ons. And then we also do what's called distinguished visitors embarks um, where when we're out to sea, they actually fly on, they're on the boat for 24 hours. I write their itinerary. I take them on tours. I make sure they eat, <laughs> make sure they don't <laughs> get lost. <laughs> um, and uh, then since I don't get enough of that, I also on the weekends, volunteer at the USS Midway Museum in San Diego. So Holy still cow. have my heritage and I still gotta have my museum. Yeah, that's and it's amazing that you stay connected in that way. That's really great. Mm -hmm. So let's um we we appreciate your time because I as I said uh you know we wanted to get you in before you took off and uh, we're under a little bit of a time crunch there. So um you know, I always like to end with what kind of questions or what kind of recommendations you might have for current students, somebody like yourself that was non-traditional. Especially non-traditional. And even with the younger kids, 
do everything. Do everything. Everything, the scarier, the more amazing the experience. Mm. I did my first uh, English study abroad program at Austin P. And I'm now obsessed with traveling to a point that it's super unhealthy. I just got back from Peru. <laughs> I, it's a thing. Um, I do the classes that are hard because uh, in the long run, it's what you get out of it. It's not just getting through it right now. Sometimes it may feel like going to school, you're just trying to get to the other side, but you need to bring something to the other side also. It's not just finishing. It's how you evolve to finish. Um, and especially... Even if you have, uh, I worked full time as an undergrad as a paralegal. So I had to be at work 40 hours a week. I took classes during my lunch, before work, after work, online. But even then, I still made time to do the social things because those are where you, you really, really learn because that's when you're in the biggest pot of mixed people. If you're coming from a small town like I did originally, even coming to Austin P, the the social mixing pot that's there is so much different. And then that's how you get to learn more than just what's in the book. That's when you get to learn actual people that have had these actual experiences and it makes them more poignant. So just do it. Do everything. Do it. Just and don't don't fret about, well, what if it'll be fine. Just do it. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to find out what's ahead for you in the future. And uh, and and I know now why everyone was excited for uh, me to talk with you. It's been a, it's been a joy. I, I, I hope so. I just I love <laughs> obviously I love my my alma mater. It's. Again, well, driving down the street and seeing a road sign and it ended up being one of the most important things that I've ever done in my life. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of our weekly viewers and listeners out there for checking out the podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us as we profile some of the outstanding alumni we have here in the College of Arts and Letters at Austin Peay State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless. Mm -hmm.